you have your Bibles tonight, I want you to turn to the book of Philippians. Philippians, we're going to be in chapter 1. We'll be looking at verses 9 through 11 this evening. Philippians chapter 1, verses 9 through 11. Last Wednesday, we uh, looked at the opening of this uh, letter, and we made mention that uh, this was a letter that uh, Paul was writing to the church at Philippi. He was writing uh, to them to encourage them. He was encouraging them because they were uh, going through difficulties, but he was also encouraging them because he knew that they would be going through more difficulties. You do understand that uh, there are those times when we go through difficulties. We go through times of uncertainties. We go through times when everything was just clicking along. Now all of a sudden somebody pulled the rug from out from under us. We go through times where uh, we go to the doctor and we get a report that we were not expecting. Uh, we can go on and on and on. And so here Paul is writing to this church to encourage them. And he was teaching them, if you will some things that they need to know so that when those times come or when those times are here, they will be able to get through it. Okay? I think it's uh, very timely for us as a body of believers that we're going through a time like that. And so here's the question. The question is not when we go through these times. The question is... How are we going to come out of it? Okay? Now, we, we'll either uh, get bitter from the experience, we'll get bruised, or we can get better. Now, I don't know about you, but I've already resolved in my heart that uh, I want to come out of this thing better. I believe that uh, is for our uh, corporate body here. We want to be better. From that, but there's some things that we're going to have to get nailed down, some things that we're going to have to learn. We looked at last Wednesday, we looked at uh, where there were some things that we need to remember. Now, I, every one of you has already forgot about those things, but I'll remind you very quickly. First of all, he says, when you're going through these times, you need uh, to understand the relationships that God has given you. Okay? That's us. It's our relationship. We need to remember we have a relationship. Now we all come from different uh, uh, status. We come from different educational backgrounds. We, we, I mean, really, if you look at it, uh, the really only thing that we all have in common is that Jesus Christ saved us. We didn't get over it, and we're praising His name, and we want to serve Him until He calls me home, okay? So, so we have a relationship built upon that. But we also see that he said there's those things that you need to be thankful for. He says there's those things that you need to be thankful for that were in your past. But he said don't live in your past because God has some new things in store for you and that he wants to bless you now and he wants to bless you in the days that lie ahead. And then we now come uh, to this passage in Philippians chapter 1. And then he tells us about steps to maturity. And that's the title of this morning, uh, evening's message. Steps to maturity. There's some things that we're going to have to mature 
that's going to get us strengthened so that when we go through these times, we'll be able to persevere through them. So if you have your Bibles, we're in verse number 9, Philippians chapter 1. This is what the Bible says. and says, In this I pray that your love may abound yet more and more in knowledge and in all judgment. Some translations of that word uh, is discernment. In verse number 10, he says, That ye may... That, that you may approve things that are excellent. Now, I want you to go ahead and uh, kind of underline that. Uh, that's a key word in this uh, passage that we're reading. He says, I want you to approve those things that are excellent, that ye may be sincere and without offense till the day of Christ. So he's telling them these things, not just to kind of get through a rough spot. He's telling these things and he says, this is what you need uh, to mature in until the Lord Jesus calls you home. And then in verse number 11 he says, And being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ, and to the glory and the praise of God. God. And so for just a few moments that we have, I'm going to preach to you on this subject. Three steps to maturity. Three steps to maturity. These are the things that we're going to have to mature in that's going to enable us to get through those trials and get through those times of uncertainties and to be able to get through them not bitter, not bruised, but better. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word and we thank you for the truth retained in your word. Lord, I ask that you'd help me now. You understand my frailties. You understand my limitations, but Lord, I'm willing. And so, Lord, would you just use me tonight? Not because I'm worthy to be behind this desk, but because you are worthy. And Lord, I'm asking you now that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, not only speak to our hearts, but we'll make application to these truths so that we can go out far better than when we first came in. And Lord, we're asking now, that you would smile upon us and that you would have your hand upon us and you will manifest yourself in our presence here this evening. For it's in the lovely name, the name above all names, the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So here we see that Paul, he uh, introduces us to three things. Now, uh, he's praying. Now, I want you to know uh, in verse number 9. In verse number 9, he says, I am praying. In the tense, uh, that phrase is, it literally means, I am keeping praying. In other words, he says, I'm not just praying today and pick it up next week. He says, I'm praying on a continual basis. Now, what is he praying for? He's praying for three things. First of all, he's praying that their love may abound. Second of all, we're going to see he's praying about their character. And the third thing that we're going to see is that he's praying for their conduct. We see here that uh, Paul is saying that there's those times when we need to grow. We understand that the Christian life is not a life uh, of, uh, of stagnation. 
Okay, you understand that, right? The Christian life is ongoing. It's active as we go. See, it's nowhere that we are supposed to come into a point in our lives where it says, okay, I know this. I kind of got all this down. It's time for me to just kind of go and coast through until the Lord Jesus comes home. Isn't it sad there are many believers, maybe not in this room, but in many of our churches uh, today, that they're just in their minds. They won't verbalize that because it doesn't sound too spiritual, but in their hearts, they're just saying, you know what? I've done what I'm supposed to do. I've served. It's just time for me to kind of kick back and coast. Nowhere in the Bible does it say for a believer to be coasting. Matter of fact, if you're not growing, then you're going backwards. And the Word of God teaches us, and Paul is trying to instill into this church, and we need to hear it tonight is that we are always continuing to learn and to continue to grow in our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Why is that? Because there's some tough times coming. And you better have something to be able to stand upon. Your foundation better be secure and solidify. And the best way for us to do that is when we go through those times of trials and of testing and when we've gone to a point in our life that we thought we had it all together and did we realize, I don't have control of nothing. I'm confused. I really don't know what I'm doing. That's when the Lord Jesus will use you when you come to a point in your life that you said, Lord, you got to do something here because I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing. So here he goes and he says that we are to abound in love. Now, that word love is a very interesting word. We see in the Greek there's three different uh, words uh, for love. The first word is erotic. It's where we get our word erotic from. It means a physical love. But we also see that when you, the word love can also be used as a philo, which is brotherly love. But then there's a third type of love, and it's a agape love, and that's the love like God. And that's the, ver, the, the words that he's using here. He's not talking about a physical love. He's not talking about brotherly love, even though that's well and good. He's talking about an agape love, a God kind of love. And so what he's saying is, I want your agape love to abound. What is a, a God's love? Well, the God's love is where you put others above yourself. That, I mean, here we understand the Lord Jesus, that's exactly what He did, did He not? See, He put us over Him. See, He didn't have to die because He knew no sin, but He died in our place. Why? Because He loved us. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son and whom who believe it shall not perish, but have everlasting life. And so here, Paul is talking about an abundant love, a love that's a godlike love. And he's also uh, here uh, when he uses that word abundant. That is means it's going out of the banks. It's overflowing. You just can't get uh, uh, enough. And so, how do we have this type of love? Well, I want you to look in John chapter seven, verse number thirty-seven. John chapter 7, verse number 37, and then we're going to look at verse number 38 as well. But in John chapter 7, uh, verse number 7, this is Jesus. I'm paraphrasing here. Give me liberty to do so tonight. But uh, Jesus says that, he says, he gives an invitation. He says, come. 
Don't you love that word come when the Lord Jesus says? Aren't you glad that one night or that one day, whenever the case may be, when you heard those words, come unto me, and you came to realize you were in need of a Savior, and you came and you gave your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ, and by faith you've accepted His wonderful gift of salvation. Aren't you glad when Jesus says, come? But my friend, not only are we going to happy when He comes and He calls us into salvation, but there's coming another invitation, and that invitation is going to be when He comes to call His bride home, He's going to say, come, and we're going to be out of here. Aren't you glad when Jesus says, come, he says it to us in a personal way. And so he says, he says, if you come, he says, and drink of this water. Now, watch this. When, when we are, are talking about a love, a bounding love, this is, a, uh, and then you go into verse number eight, and he talks about the rivers or the flowing river of the living water. Now, I got to get out of this jacket. And, 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 and look, I'm telling you, hopefully I can get this thing out because it's, it's good. So here we see that when Jesus gives us that invitation and we come into the Lord Jesus Christ and we're saved, He puts Himself in us. Okay? He, he gives us that drink that satisfies the thirsty mind. He, he gives us that drink that we'll never have to thirst again. He's the living water. And because he has put himself in us, then in verse number 38, he says, within our hearts will flow rivers of living water. And so here's the type of love that he's talking about. He's talking about that I've had, had an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ. I fell in love with Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ fell in love with me. And he put something in me that helps me to understand this thing ain't about me, but it's about others. And he says, as you drink of this water, he says, I will continue to pour. He says, but here's the thing, and here's where we're missing. He says, I will continue to pour and I will continue to pour but there's a point in time when you need to let it out it's a flowing river and so here he says that it was a flowing river. He says this love is a bound. It's a godlike love. See, that's a love that you're putting others above you. And when, when we understand, he also talks in this same verse, he talks about knowledge and he talks about discernment or judgment. See, that's the banks of this river that's flowing within us. Now, knowledge. In order to have knowledge, you have to know. Right? If you're going to have knowledge about this piano, you have to know something about this piano. So that's real deep, Mike. That's about as deep as I'm getting, okay? But you have to know, right? So if you're having this love of the Lord Jesus Christ, and if you're wanting this love to flow, you have to know Him. Now, I'm not saying know of Him. I'm talking about know Him. Which means you have to spend some time and energy and get to know Him. See, here's the problem within many of our churches, and here's the problem with the body of Christ. We get, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting, we're getting, but nothing's going out. We're, we're just kind of like, uh, we was just so amazing, so happy, and we're blessed, and, and that's all well and good. But God never intended for us to kind of keep it to ourselves. Matter of fact, if we're keeping it to ourselves, we no longer become a river, we become a pool, and pools get stagnant. Amen. 
And if you're going through a time of difficulties and you're not flowing, you're going to become stagnant. But I also notice this in my mouth. I'm not a farm boy, but I've been around the farm. I know that there's a pond. If there's not water coming in, eventually it starts to get stagnant. But then if it continues not getting, it will go dry. And when we become dry, then when those trials and tribulations and when those hard times come into our life, we're not going to be able to make it. Why? Because we don't have anything flowing within us. We become dead. We become stagnant. And then because of that, we're not looking to ourselves. We're not looking to others. We're looking to ourselves. We're letting our circumstances kind of captivate us, if you will. We're sitting down and saying, woe is me. I don't understand why God has done this in my life. Oh, I don't understand how everything was going good. Now everything's not going well. And here's what happens if you become stagnant and you're not that flowing river, You're consumed with yourself and with your circumstances. You've taken your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, which means if you've taken your eyes off the Lord Jesus Christ, you're taking your eyes off of others and you're not concerned about lifting them up. You're just worrying about, can I get out of this mess I'm in? So here he says, first of all, there's got to be some compassion. Not only compassion, but abounding love. But then he moves on in verse number 10. And we see that not only does he talk about compassion, but he talks about character. Now, I find it quite interesting that there's a lot of definitions about character. Some say character is the things that you will do when no one is looking. Well, there's only one problem with that. There is someone looking. (laughs) <laughs> and so you, 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 you can hide it from the preacher you can hide it from our deacon you can hide it from one another but eventually your character will show out and here's what happens if we're not if we're not abounding in love then when those difficult times come our character is going to show its true colors if you've got a problem with your anger, you've got a problem with, with, with malice, you've got a problem with jealousy or, or pride, whatever the case may be, then when things turn to go a little rocky in your way, you're looking for people to blame. Yeah. Well, you know, if Brother Mike would just do his job, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. If, if Brother Chris wasn't doing what he was supposed to be doing, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're in. I know why they got him. I mean, there's far better people to do something like that. See, why all that is, is Satan's got into it and you have not been abounding in love that you've been consumed with yourself. You've gotten in your little, a little pity party, if you will. You're under your little juniper tree and you're going, woe is me. I don't know how I'm going to get out of this. And so now we're getting upset because we can't work our way out of this. I'm telling you there's just some things you cannot work your way out of and we got to depend upon the Lord Jesus Christ. I know, I know, I know I am well aware of the fact that if I get up here on my own strength, if I'm going to do what my education has taught me I'm going to fall flat on my face and here's what happened in many of our churches. We've been trying to muster this thing up and now we can't muster anything else and so now we're on our face and we're looking around because we don't want to blame ourselves oh no it can't be me so it must be you 
So here he says and talks about character. I want you to notice in these words in verse number 10. He uses that word approve. That word approve means to test. To see if it's the real deal. That word sincere, very interesting word. It's a pottery word, if you will. Back in these days, pottery was a very large industry. And the potter would uh, take the clay. We all know the story. There's, uh, the Bible talks about the potter and the clay. And the potter would uh, get on the wheel and he would uh, make his uh, vessels. And uh, then he would uh, 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 glaze them and heat them up. And then he would sell them. Well, during the process, sometimes there would be a small crack that would appear in the pottery. And so what they would do to correct that is they would use wax to seal the crack and then they would put the glaze over it. To the unseen eye, when you would hold that pottery, you would look at it and you thought, man, this is, this is, this is very nice. And you would look and say, well, no, no, no cracks and whatnot. But you couldn't see what was behind that glaze and you couldn't see that wax they used to seal that crack. Here's how they would test their pottery. They would hold it up to the light. And the light would expose the crack. You see where I'm going with this. So here's what character is. Character is that everybody else might think we got it together. But when we compare ourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ, and when we get into the Word of God... Our cracks are revealed. That word sincere, it's two Greek words, sin, sira, without wax. We'll say it like this He's the real deal. My dear friend, we can fool everybody around us, but when troubling times come, your cracks will reveal themselves. You can play the game for just so long. Here's what he's saying. He says, we need to build our character. I came across a sermon. Uh, it was entitled, Four Men. And uh, I wrote this uh, sermon title down, and uh, I wanted to take credit for it, but uh, I'm, uh, it's not mine. But it's uh, Four Men. The first, uh, the first man is the man that the world sees. The second man is the man that his friends will see. And the third man is the man that we see. By the way, when we see ourselves, we really don't tell the truth. <laughs> Do we? We don't. And here's the fourth man. It's the man that God sees. And so here we need to build our character. I want you to look at Titus chapter 2, verse number 28. Titus 2, verses 7 and 8, I'm sorry. Titus 2, 7 through 8. And I'm not going to read all that, but in Jess, here's what it says. He says, and all things should have a pattern of good works. And then he starts to list the good works, honesty, incorruptibility, sound speech, and all of that. 
Here's what Titus is telling us and helping us remind is that we should be living our lives in such a way that we are exhibiting good works. Now understand, he's not saying good works lead to salvation. Salvation leads to good works. Okay? And so what he's saying is, this is how our character should be, is that... The, uh, that we are exhibiting or we have a pattern. In other words, uh, if we're going through good times, you're seeing the same person as well when we're going through the bad times. And the only way we can do that is when we are solidified and it all starts with our love. It, it's about a love relationship. When my relationship with God is not what it ought to be, my relationship with you is not going to be what it ought to be. And when my relationship with you is not what it ought to be, then I'm going to have some cracks in my character. Amen? And so here he's saying that we are to have a character when somebody looks at us, they are not going to be able to find any fault. I'm not saying that we become perfect. What he's saying is they can have nothing evil to say about us. Now, I don't know about you, but the older that I'm getting, and I'm thinking about what I'm going to leave behind, And uh, my wife uh, and I have talked about this. Uh, We have our, you know, we just went and uh, uh, kind of boosted up our life insurance. Now, uh, before you think about doing something to me, uh, you are not the benefactors, okay? (laughs) So we, you know, because we're thinking about these things. And, you know, we want to leave our kids and our grandchildren something behind us. But I've already told my kids, you don't have to worry about fighting all the inheritance your mother and I are leaving because there's none. <laughs> you know, right? And so, he, y'all are in the same boat. But, but, but and then I started thinking, you know what? That money will run out. Matter of fact, they'll probably fight over it. But what I'll leave behind in my walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, when I leave and they can say something about their daddy, well, you can say a lot of things about my daddy, but he sure was a man of integrity. Or you can say a lot of things about my my daddy, but my daddy loved people. And we can go on and on and on. I'm finding myself, that's what I want to leave behind. And so here, that what we're more concerned with is who's going to be recognized, who's going to get what. And here we need to understand that will not get us through difficult times. What will get us through is when we're the real deal. By the, by the way, there's a lost and dying world that's looking for the real deal. And the reason why they're disenfranchised with the church is because too many they've come across weren't the real deal. Oh, they were the real deal when they went and visited and say, well, hey, why don't you come to church with me on Sunday? They were the real deal when they were at church. But when they left church or when they went to their workplace, their cracks started to show. And then they understood that they weren't saying the same things they were saying in church. And they weren't acting the same way. And the lost and dying world says, why should I get involved in something like that? Oh, you tell me about this Jesus that's changed your life. You're telling me about when you go through difficult times, you know you have a peace that's passes all understanding but when we go through those difficult times they see us falling apart just like they do my dear friend it'll happen to us as a church family unless we take these steps to maturity now the last thing that we're going to look at we see the steps of conduct by the way your character will dictate your conduct 
Or did you hear that? Your, 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 your character will dictate your conduct. But I also want you to understand is that in Psalms 139 and verses 23 through 24, the psalmist says, Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. You better be careful before you pray that prayer. You are the real deal. Because he will search your heart and he already knows your heart. And here's some things that I just, I just jot it down. Here's some things before you ask the Lord to search your heart, you might want to revisit your motives. Why are you doing what you're doing? Why do you come to this church? Why do you serve? Why do you teach? It better be because you're motivated out of love. First of all, the love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And second of all, the love for your fellow man. And so we need to revisit. But also, it could be you need to recheck your motives. When I was going through this and studying this, I came across a number of things. But one of the things that uh, I came to find out is that uh, Mike needed this sermon because there was those times when my cracks started showing. And just like yours will. That's not the question. The question is recognizing we have cracks and that we can fix them. Or let me rephrase this. We can't fix them, but the Lord Jesus can fix them. Because He is the great potter. Aren't you glad about that? And he doesn't throw you away. He says, okay, you need a little work here, Mike. He puts his loving hands on me and kind of wraps it around. He says, I know, I know you, you really messed it up this time, but you know what? I can fix it. I can fix it. Aren't you glad Jesus is a fixer-upper? <laughs> I don't know if that's a word or not, but... And so, so here we, we see uh, conduct, but notice what this conduct will do. Okay, now here, here, here's the progression. First of all, there's abounding love. Okay, it's a love where I'm putting others above me. My, my focus is not on Mike, it's on others. Just like the Lord Jesus Christ. I have that agape love. And, 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 and he's pouring in. He's pouring in. And I'm pouring out. And I'm pouring out. And, and, and I'm getting to know. And I'm investing in people's lives. And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm spending time with people. I'm not just passing them through. And when they say, you know, Mike, I'm really struggling with something. Can you help me? And I'll say, oh, brother, I'll pray for you. And I'll go on. And by the time I get in the car, I've already forgot about it. I'm, I'm talking about a, 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 a real love. I'm talking about you're really concerned that they're going through some troubling times. You're really concerned that they just need a touch. We're really concerned that there's somebody that needs some encouragement. And that's going to make some time and energy on our part. But also we see that love is flowing and now it's changing our character. And now our character is changing our conduct. And notice how he closes this section out. The conduct, uh, when you have love and when you have character and conduct, it equals fruits of righteousness. He says, you will produce 
Fruits of righteousness. In Galatians chapter 5, 22, it gives us the fruits of the Spirit. Love, peace, joy. You all know those. And so here, it's, the, it's a natural byproduct. See, here's the problem that many have. They're, they're trying to manufacture their own fruit. Now, this is going to be a silly illustration. Stay with me. We're fixing the close. Here's an apple tree. Apple trees produce apples. I told you I don't get real deep. <clears throat> apple trees out there. Now, I don't hang out in orchards and all that, but I've been around. But uh, I've never been to a fruit tree and heard a fruit tree say, Oh, oh yeah, we're fixing to have a crop of apples here. I'm producing apples. Can you look at me? Look at me. Look at me. Nobody can be an apple tree except for me. Look at me. Look at the fruit I'm producing. You say, that's silly. That's exactly what we do many times of trying to produce fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ. Are y'all with me? You bunch of apple trees. (laughs) It's a natural flow. I don't have to work it up. I don't have to muster it up. I don't have to produce my own fruit. I just say, Lord, I'm a willing apple tree. And I want to produce apples for you. And notice how he closes. He says, for his glory and for his praise. Malachi chapter 2, verse number 22. We're closing with this one. In Malachi chapter 2, verse number 22, it says, talking about if you not took it to heart, and if you're not going to hear me, he says, and you're not going to glorify my name, he says, I will bring a curse upon your blessings. What's he saying? He's saying what you're doing, if it's not to bring glory and honor to him, then God is not in that. And here's why we have so many people frustrated when they're going through trials and tribulations and uncertain times. is because their love was not abounding. Their character had some cracks in it. Their conduct was not what it should have been. And if you don't have those three, you will not be able to produce any fruit. These times that we're going through, church, here's what we need to hear. It does not mean that we're not going to continue to keep on keeping on for the Lord Jesus Christ. You're going to have a different face, different personalities. But as we've already mentioned, because of our relationship with one another and our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, does it really matter? And I know, I know, hear my heart, hear my heart. Does it really matter who's here as long as is we're looking to Him, the author and finisher of our faith. And we say, well, I guess not much will get done, you know. Well, that's silly. 
Now, nothing will get done if we want, we're trying to produce our own fruit. But if we're saying, Lord Jesus, I surrender it all over to you. And all that we're going to do is going to bring glory and honor unto you and you alone. My dear friend, I want us through these next days that we're going to be going through, I want to be a part of a family that this town is saying, don't quite understand this, their pastor's taking some medical leave and they ain't got nobody doing music there. And uh, I mean, they're just in a turmoil over there. But we keep on living for the Lord Jesus. We keep on loving each other. And we're going to see that town's going to say, oh, it had to be God. <laughs> you want to be a part? I, that's what I, I want to be a part of where they're saying, well, I know that brother Mike. Whew, <laughs> uh, it's certainly not because of him, and they're exactly right. It's not because of that brother Shane, not because of Chris. It's not it's, uh, it, it had to be of the Lord, and that's what we can be if we do what we're told to do, and if we take these steps of maturity and grow up and start serving the Lord Jesus Christ, not because we want a name for ourselves, not because we want position, but because we want all glory and praise to go to Him and Him alone.